Chapter Twelve of Narda the Lily by H. Rider Haggard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Tale of Galazi the Wolf. Now, my father, I will go back a little, for my tale is long and winds in and out like a river in a plain, and tell of the fate of Umslopogaas when the lion had taken him, as he told it to me in the after years. The lioness bounded away, and in her mouth was Umslopogaas. Once he struggled, but she bit him hard, so he lay quiet in her mouth, and looking back, he saw the face of Nada as she ran from the fence of thorns, crying, Save him! He saw her face, he heard her words, then he saw and heard little more, for the world grew dark to him, and he passed as it were into a deep sleep. Presently Umslopogaas awoke again, feeling pain in his thigh where the lioness had bitten him, and heard a sound of shouting. He looked up. Near to him stood the lioness that had loosed him from her jaws. She was snorting with rage, and in front of her was a lad long and strong, with a grim face, and a wolf's hide, black and grey, bound about his shoulders in such fashion that the upper jaw and teeth of the wolf rested on his head. He stood before the lioness shouting, and in one hand he held a large war-shield, and in the other he grasped a heavy club shod with iron. Now the lioness crouched herself to spring, growling terribly, but the lad with the club did not wait for her onset. He ran in upon her and struck her on the head with the club, he smote hard and well, but this did not kill her, for she reared herself up on her hind legs and struck at him heavily. He caught the blow upon his shield, but the shield was driven against his breast so strongly that he fell backwards beneath it and lay there howling like a wolf in pain. Then the lioness sprang upon him and worried him. Still, because of the shield, as yet she could not come at him to slay him. But Umslopogaas saw that this might not endure, for presently the shield would be torn aside, and the stranger must be killed. Now in the breast of the lioness still stood the half of Umslopogaas's broken spear, and its blade was a span deep in her breast. Then this thought came into the mind of Umslopogaas, that he would drive the spear home or die. So he rose swiftly, for strength came back to him in his need, and ran to where the lioness worried at him who lay beneath the shield. She did not heed him, so he flung himself upon his knees before her, and seizing the haft of the broken spear, drove it deep into her and wrenched it round. Now she saw Umslopogaas, and turned roaring, and clawed at him, tearing his breast and arms. Then, as he lay, he heard a mighty howling, and behold, grey wolves and black leaped upon the lioness, and rent and worried her, till she fell and was torn to pieces by them. After this the senses of Umslopogaas left him again, and the light went out of his eyes, so that he was as one dead. At length his mind came back to him, and with it his memory, 
and he remembered the lioness and looked up to find her but he did not find her and he saw that he lay in a cave upon a bed of grass while all about him were the skins of beasts and at his side was a pot filled with water he put out his hand and taking the pot drank of the water and then he saw that his arm was wasted as with sickness and that his breast was thick with scars scarcely skinned over now while he lay and wondered the mouth of the cave was darkened and through it entered that same lad who had done battle with the lioness and been overthrown by her bearing a dead buck upon his shoulders he put down the buck on the ground and walking to where umslopogaas lay looked at him oh he said your eyes are open do you then live stranger i live answered umslopogaas and i am hungry he said it is time said the other since with toil i bore you here through the forest for twelve days you have lain without sense drinking water only so deeply had the lion clawed you that i thought of you as dead twice i was near to killing you that you might cease to suffer and i to be troubled but i held my hand because of a word which came to me from one who is dead now eat that your strength may return to you afterwards we will talk so umslopogaas ate and little by little his health returned to him every day a little and afterwards as they sat at night by the fire in the cave they spoke together how are you named asked umslopogaas of the other i am named galazi the wolf he answered and i am of zulu blood i of the blood of shaka the king for the father of senzagakona the father of shaka was my great-grandfather whence came you galazi i came from swaziland from the tribe of the halakazi which i should rule this is the story siguyana my grandfather was a younger brother of senzangakona the father of shaka but he quarrelled with senzangakona and became a wanderer with certain of the people of the umtwa he wandered into swaziland and sojourned with the halakazi tribe in their great caves and the end of it was that he killed the chief of the tribe and took his place after he was dead my father ruled in his place but there was a great party in the tribe that hated his rule because he was of the zulu race and would have set up a chief of the old swazi blood in his place still they could not do this for my father's hand was heavy on the people now i was the only son of my father by his head wife and born to be chief after him and therefore those of the swazi party and they were many and great hated me also so matters stood till last year in the winter and then my father set his heart upon killing twenty of the headmen with their wives and children because he knew that they plotted against him but the headmen learned what was to come and they prevailed upon a wife of my father a woman of their own blood to poison him so she poisoned him in the night and in the morning it was told me that my father lay sick and summoned me and i went to him in his hut i found him and he was writhing with pain what is it my father i said who has done this evil it is this my son he gasped that i am poisoned and she stands yonder who has done the deed and he pointed to the woman who stood at the side of the hut near the door her chin upon her breast trembling as she looked upon the fruit of her wickedness now the girl was young and fair and we had been friends yet i say that i did not pause for my heart was mad in me 
i did not pause but seizing my spear i ran at her and though she cried for mercy i killed her with the spear that was well done galazi said my father but when i am gone look to yourself my son for these swazi dogs will drive you out and rob you of your place but if they drive you out and you still live swear this to me that you will not rest till you have avenged me i swear it my father i answered i swear that i will stamp out the men of the tribe of halakazi every one of them except those of my own blood and bring their women to slavery and their children to bonds big words for a young mouth said my father yet shall you live to bring these things about galazi this i know of you now in my hour of death you shall be a wanderer for the few years of your life child of siguyana and wandering in another land you shall die a man's death and not such a death as yonder witch has given to me then having spoken thus he lifted up his head looked at me and with a great groan he died now i passed out of the hut dragging the body of the dead girl after me in front of the hut were gathered many headmen waiting for the end and i saw that their looks were sullen the chief my father is dead i cried in a loud voice and i galazi who am the chief have slain her who murdered him and i rolled the body of the girl over on her back so that they might look upon her face now the father of the girl was among those who stood before me he who had persuaded her to the deed and he was maddened at the sight what my brothers he cried shall we suffer that this young zulu dog this murderer of a girl be chief over us never the old lion is dead now for the cub and he ran at me with spear aloft never shouted the others and they too ran towards me shaking their spears i waited i did not hasten for i knew well that i should not die then i knew it from my father's last words i waited till the man was near me he thrust i sprang aside and drove my spear through him and on the daughter's body the father fell dead then i shouted aloud and rushed through them none touched me none could catch me the man does not live who can overtake me when my feet are on the ground and i am away yet i might try said umslopogaas smiling for of all lads among the zulus he was the swiftest of foot first walk again then run answered galazi take up the tail quoth umslopogaas it is a merry one something is left to tell stranger i fled from the country of the halakazi nor did i linger at all in the land of the swazis but came on swiftly into the zulu now it was in my mind to go to shaka and tell him of my wrongs asking that he would send an impi to make an end of the halakazi but while i journeyed finding food and shelter as i might i came one night to the kraal of an old man who knew shaka and had known siguyana my grandfather and to him when i had stayed there two days i told my tale but the old man counselled me against my plan saying that shaka the king did not love to welcome shoots sprung from the royal stock and would kill me moreover the man offered me a place in his kraal now i held that there was wisdom in his words and thought no more of standing before the king to cry for justice for he who cries to kings for justice sometimes finds death still i would not stay in the kraal of the old man for he had sons to come after him who looked on me with no liking moreover i wished to be a chief myself even if i lived alone 
so i left the kraal by night and walked on not knowing where i should go now on the third night i came to a little kraal that stands on the farther side of the river at the foot of the mountain in front of the kraal sat a very old woman basking in the rays of the setting sun she saw me and spoke to me saying young man you are tall and strong and swift of foot would you earn a famous weapon a club that destroys all who stand before it i said that i wished to have such a club and asked what i should do to win it you shall do this said the old woman to-morrow morning at the first light you shall go up to yonder mountain and she pointed to the mountain where you are now stranger on which the stone witch sits for ever waiting for the world to die two-thirds of the way up the mountain you will come to a path that is difficult to climb you shall climb the path and enter a gloomy forest it is very dark in the forest but you must push through it till you come to an open place with a wall of rock behind it in the wall of rock is a cave and in the cave you will find the bones of a man bring down the bones in a bag and i will give you the club while she spoke thus people came out of the kraal and listened do not heed her young man they said unless you are weary of life do not heed her she is crazy the mountain is haunted it is a place of ghosts look at the stone witch who sits upon it evil spirits live in that forest and no man has walked there for many years this woman's son was foolish he went to wander in the forest saying that he cared nothing for ghosts and the amatongo the ghost folk killed him that was many years ago and none have dared to seek his bones ever she sits here and asks of the passers-by that they should bring them to her offering the great club for a reward but they dare not they lie said the old woman there are no ghosts there the ghosts live only in their cowardly hearts there are but wolves i know that the bones of my son lie in the cave for i have seen them in a dream but alas my old limbs are too weak to carry me up the mountain path and all these are cowards there is no man among them since the zulus killed my husband covering him with wounds now i listened answering nothing but when all had done i asked to see the club which should be given to him who dared to face the amatongo the spirits who lived in the forest upon the ghost mountain then the old woman rose and creeping on her hands went into the hut presently she returned again dragging the great club after her look at it stranger look at it was there ever such a club angalazi held it up before the eyes of umslopogaas in truth my father that was a club for i mopo saw it in after days it was great and knotty black as iron that had been smoked in the fire and shod with metal that was worn smooth with smiting i looked at it went on galassi and i tell you stranger a great desire came into my heart to possess it how is this club named i asked of the old woman it is named watcher of the fords she answered and it has not watched in vain five men have held that club in war and a hundred and seventy-three have given up their lives beneath its strokes he who held it last slew twenty before he was slain himself for this fortune goes with the club that he who owns it shall die holding it but in a noble fashion 
there is but one other weapon to match with it in zululand and that is the great axe of jikiza the chief of the people of the axe who dwells in the kraal yonder the ancient horn-hafted imbubuzi the groan-maker that brings victory where axe groan-maker and club watcher of the fords side by side there are no thirty men in zululand who could stand before them i have said choose and the aged woman watched me cunningly through her horny eyes she speaks truly now said one of those who stood near let the club be young man he who owns it smites great blows indeed but in the end he dies by the assegai none dare own the watcher of the fords a good death and a swift i answered and pondered a time while still the old woman watched me through her horny eyes at length she rose la la she said the watcher is not for this one this is but a child i must seek me a man i must seek me a man not so fast old wife i said will you lend me this club to hold in my hand while i go to find the bones of your son and to snatch them from the people of the ghosts lend you the watcher boy nay i should say little of you again or of the good club either i am no thief i answered if the ghosts kill me you will see me no more or the club either but if i live i will bring you back the bones or if i do not find them i will render the watcher into your hands again at the least i say that if you will not lend me the club then i will not go into the haunted place boy your eyes are honest she said still peering at me take the watcher go seek the bones if you die let the club be lost with you if you fail bring it back to me but if you win the bones then it is yours and it shall bring you glory and you shall die a man's death at last holding him aloft among the dead so on the morrow at dawn i took the club watcher in my hand and a little dancing shield and made ready to start the old woman blessed me and bade me farewell but the other people of the kraal mocked saying a little man for so big a club beware little man lest the ghost use the club on you so they spoke but one girl in the kraal she is a granddaughter of the old woman led me aside praying me not to go for the forest on the ghost mountain had an evil name none dared walk there since it was certainly full of spirits who howled like wolves i thanked the girl but to the others i said nothing only i asked of the path to the ghost mountain now stranger if you have strength come to the mouth of the cave and look out for the moon is bright so umslopogaas rose and crept through the narrow mouth of the cave there above him a great grey peak towered high into the air shaped like a seated woman her chin resting upon her breast the place where the cave was being as it were on the lap of the woman below this place the rock sloped sharply and was clothed with little bushes lower down yet was a forest great and dense that stretched to the top of a cliff and at the foot of the cliff beyond the waters of the river lay the wide plains of zululand yonder stranger said the lassie pointing with the club watcher of the fords far away to the plain beneath 
yonder is the kraal where the aged woman dwelt there is the cliff rising from the plain up which i must climb there is the forest where dwell the amatongo the people of the ghosts there on the hither side of the forest runs the path to the cave and here is the cave itself see this stone lying at the mouth of the cave it turns thus shutting up the entrance hole it turns gently though it is so large a child may move it for it rests upon a sharp point of rock only mark this the stone must not be pushed too far for look if it came to here and he pointed to a mark in the mouth of the cave then that man need be strong who can draw it back again though i have done it myself who am not a man full grown but if it pass beyond this mark then see it will roll down the neck of the cave like a pebble down the neck of a gourd and i think that two men one striving from within and one dragging from without scarcely could avail to push it clear look now i close the stone as is my custom of a night so and he grasped the rock and swung it round upon its pivot on which it turned as a door turns thus i leave it and though except those to whom the secret is known none would guess that a cave was here yet it can be rolled back with a push of the hand but enough of the stone enter again wanderer and i will go forward with my tale for it is long and strange i started from the kraal of the old woman and the people of the kraal followed me to the brink of the river it was in flood and few had dared to cross it aha they cried now your journey is done little man watch by the ford you who would win the watcher of the ford beat the water with the club perhaps so it shall grow gentle that your feet may pass it i answered nothing to their mocking only i bound the shield upon my shoulders with a string and the bag that i had brought i made fast about my middle and i held the great club in my teeth by the thong then i plunged into the river and swam twice stranger the currents bore me under and those on the bank shouted that i was lost but i rose again and in the end i won the farther shore now those on the bank mocked no more they stood still wondering and i walked on till i came to the foot of the cliff that cliff is hard to climb stranger when you are strong upon your feet i will show you the path yet i found a way up it and by midday i came to the forest here on the edge of the forest i rested a while and ate a little food that i had brought with me in the bag for now i must gather up my strength to meet the ghosts if ghosts there were then i rose and plunged into the forest the trees are great that grow there stranger and their leaves are so thick that in certain places the light is as that of night when the moon is young still i wended on often losing my path but from time to time between the tops of the trees i saw the figure of the grey stone woman who sits on the top of ghost mountain and shaped my course towards her knees my heart beat as i travelled through the forest in dark and loneliness like that of the night and ever i looked round searching for the eyes of the amatongo but i saw no spirits though at times great spotted snakes crept from before my feet and perhaps these were the amatongo at times also i caught glimpses of some grey wolf as she slunk from tree to tree watching me and always high above my head the wind sighed in the great boughs with a sound like the sighing of women still i went on 
singing to myself as i went that my heart might not faint with fear and at length towards the end of the second hour the trees grew fewer the ground sloped upwards and the light poured down from the heavens again but stranger you are weary and the night wears on sleep now and to-morrow i will end the tale say first how are you named i am named umslopogaas son of mopo he answered and my tale shall be told when yours is done let us sleep now when galazi heard this name he started and was troubled but said nothing so they laid them down to sleep and galazi wrapped umslopogaas with the skins of bucks but galazi the wolf was so hardy that he lay on the bare rock and had no covering so they slept and without the door of the caves the wolves howled scenting the blood of men End of chapter 12